everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Welcome back. And uh, today we have a special guest with us. Uh, special guest with us. And it's Callum Black, and ex Ulster player, current Worcester player. And um, Callum, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, deep, deep in lockdown, so um, just busy, busy entertaining the kids at the house and keeping myself busy. But now all good. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. And you're in Worcester, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm over in Worcester now. I've this well was halfway through my second season until obviously uh, the lockdown happened. But uh, yeah, back. I'm originally from round here. I I grew up in a town called Evesham, which is about 20 minutes from Worcester, and Worcester was my first professional club. Uh, mm-hmm. That was after six years before I moved over to you were you weren't born in England, were you? You're, you're, you could you could be president if you wanted to be. Uh, yeah, I could be president. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of job I do, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a funny background where people aren't quite sure where I'm from. But um, yeah, <laughs> I was born in America, um, but obviously lived in England all my life. And then my dad's side of the family, his dad was born in Belfast, so I've got I was Irish heritage, English, and yeah, a bit of American in there as well. So. So you oh can play who you, for whoever you want. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so get a bunch. Um, Whereabouts in America were you born? Um, uh, Maryland, Maryland, just out. Port. out uh, Washington. Washington, right? Oh, very good. Ryan was there last year, weren't you? Well, yeah, close to. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, I got the got to get get the see around it. It's actually a really nice nice part of the country. I was in New York first. Yeah. But there were way way too many people there for me. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I I that part was a wee bit nicer for me, it was a wee bit a wee bit more at home. Yeah. Um, I know everyone's asked me about my American background and I was actually born there and there for I think four months. So I literally apart from we went back I went back with my mum and dad uh, once when I was about fourteen to New York and all that. But apart from that I haven't back since. I'd like to go back again soon, but um, Obviously, rugby takes up and the business takes up a lot of my time. <clears throat> you don't get a chance to get out there that much. But yeah, yeah. So you were you were brought up in Worcester, and uh, what school did you did you go to there? Um, so I just, I went to a, a local school in Evesham called Prince Henry's High School. Did there, went there for up to my um, did my GCSEs, and then I was starting to get into rugby a bit more and um, want to kind of try and play at the highest level I could so I actually went to a, a school in Bristol called Colston's Collegiate which was is well still is pretty well known rugby school um, in the rugby, in the school rugby circles it's uh, so always done very well I went there and did my A-levels uh, just to play at a high level and just w- went on from there really so mm-hmm. and were you scouted from school? Um, from school no uh, from school I obviously I did my A-levels, still kind of wanted to keep pushing. Like obviously, I hadn't been scouted or, you know, obviously I'm a bit older than most playing rugby now. Um, you don't get probably uh, feeded into the system as much as you do now where there's only one or two out of our school team that got like straight into like a, a first-team setup. Um, I decided to go on to Hartley College because... It was obviously at the time still is obviously well known for its rugby, and I thought if I was to go there and still keep my education options open, and then still the chance to train every day, 
I think it still is. Well, that was the base where Gloucester rugby trained, and they train at a very high level, so you take take it very seriously. So I I joined there and um, did my first year at university, and it was actually at the time uh, our our coach at the university, Andrew Stanley. He, he had, my second year to join Worcester as the academy coach, and then he said, "Oh, do you want to come along for a pre-season kind of trial?" And I did that, and then. That was it. That was me, and I just went full time, pretty much from there. Mm-hmm. And what year would that have been? Uh, what year? Jeez, um, that would have been. I would have been. I must have been nineteen. So a while ago. <laughs> 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 I just, uh, my date. Two, two, two or three years ago. I just say yeah, quite a while ago. I'm thirty-four now, so I was yeah nineteen when I joined the stuff. Very good. Um, and then at what point did you come here? Uh, over to Ulster. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I joined Ulster in the 2000, 2011 season. Right. Uh, yeah, and I've been there for seven, seven years. And what did you think of the transition between England and, and Belfast? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah it, was, it was. it was a bit of a change. Um, I love my time in Belfast, but yeah, it's, it's it's a very even though obviously it's not too far away, it's a very different place to, to England. Oh, little one in the background. Um, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I settled in, I think, to the Belfast, and obviously also where life pretty easily. And really enjoyed my time, and then yeah, it was everyone was very friendly and everyone was very welcoming. I settled in pretty well, and um, really enjoyed my time. Very good. And uh, what do you think of the accent? Can you you can you can understand it pretty well now? But back yeah. at the start, was it hard to hard to get onto the, the hangout? Uh, I say back at the start, maybe a bit. But we had um, obviously there was quite a few Balamina lads in our in our squad. So they're um, you can if you can understand them lads, then you you're halfway there. I think. So, uh. <laughs> Very good. Our accent. We're we're from the the southern part of we're from Carney Down. But uh, right. our accent would be confused with the Balmina ones quite a lot, so uh, I'm glad glad to hear that you can you can understand us. Yeah. Well, um, um, so, my eldest, she well, both both my daughters were born there, obviously, but um, when she joined school, she started getting the accent as well, which was uh, which was quite. She's, she still have it? Uh, no, she doesn't now. But she she did for quite a while. That's a pity. She loves it. She's always asking to come back because she's obviously she started school there. She's got a lot of friends that she's always wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. And whenever you, whenever you were there, was it a whenever you were at Ulster, was it a real front row union where all your your best mates, Rory Best, and and players up at the front, or was there a good mix in the team? Uh, I think there was a good mix, but obviously being a forward and like you say a front row, where you kind of you do always spend all your time with those people. Probably because you know being forwards and liking our food and liking, <laughs> a, <laughs> liking a beer, we always we get on pretty well. So yeah, I got on with all the pops there. I mean, TC, Tom Corey was a great guy. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Corey and all the lads that uh, yeah got on really well. And obviously, even your second rows as well. Because obviously, Dan Dan too is. A, is one of the yeah. best mates, and he's uh, still chaps in most days now. And uh, yeah, we always <coughs> we had a good bond. 
still chat to them a lot of them now in various WhatsApp groups and having the banter back and forth. That's good. Uh, that's great to hear. Uh, we'll maybe get you, get you back again for one more season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How often would you, would you be over here now? That's not the only reason that you would have been here. Obviously, you've got more going on. Yeah. yeah um, you want to tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, so obviously, um, it'll be just three years now, but we, uh, myself and Darren, Darren Cave set up the coffee shop Guilt Trip. Um, so yeah, that's been going really well and lots going on with that behind the scenes and keeps me busy on the admin front. So I, to be honest, with the rugby, because it's obviously full on and it takes away your weekends, it has been very hard to get to get back and, you know, check in with the guys and see how they're going on with the shop. But obviously <laughs> I had started to come back, say, once a month or so recently and then obviously the lockdown happened. So that's kind of yeah. something to think of it. But, um, once that all clears up, I'll be, yeah, I'll be making more regular visits, like I say. So and how is the how is the business adapting to the lockdown? I know there's a lot of ones around here that are offering like takeaways and things. Are you completely yeah. locked down, or is there still? Yeah, so um, obviously I'm sure a lot of people, when the announcement came the, of the lockdown, it was uh, well. I'll speak for myself. I found it a bit very unclear of um, how to how to go about it. Cause it yeah, but yeah, we we totally shut the shop. Uh, must have been. Was it March time, end of March? Um, obviously, for any any business, it's a scary and tough time. Of, you know, we're, we're just a small business. We didn't know how how to go on for how to how to keep keep going. So I, <clears throat> we obviously had a, a bit of coffee, and I kind of still wanted to keep, you know, um, either the social media aspect of it or people uh, receiving guilt trip coffee and the roasters that we work with. Um, so I, I started doing the web shop, um, posting out the coffee uh, through Royal Mail. I actually did it from my house garage. Um, so I did that for the first few weeks, which kept me very busy. Uh, busier than I actually thought it'd be. Um, and then only till recently, obviously, um, like you say, other coffee shops have started doing takeaway. We slowly just um, started making donuts again, um, just yes. for connection and delivery. But we haven't actually yet opened our doors um, fully to the takeaway service just with obviously the guidelines of the government trying to keep everyone safe, the staff and customers. We're still just trying to make sure when we do it, we do it right and um, make sure it's pretty seamless, the process. But hopefully very soon we'll open for, you know, one in, one out takeaway. Hopefully. I suppose you have the difficulty too in that, like we've all watched Boris and the other advisors on their um like their kind of weekly or three weekly um updates but here we actually have kind of different rules as well yeah it's not solely what boris says it's the it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah central uh, office as well yeah yeah so i've, I've heard it's you uh, it's been a bit more relaxed now isn't it you are allowed to go and see people and that so it's it hasn't happened here yet We've, obviously they've said we can go out and Sunday in the park, <laughs> but you can't see your family, so it's uh, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a mixed one still. But. Yeah, it's. I think they kind of had to here because a lot of people just were doing it anyway. Ah, right. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't know. It hasn't been 
Northern Irish people aren't really the best at following rules. I think everybody has that kind of attitude of, yeah. we'll do what we want, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to be honest, I don't even know what the rules are. I have no idea. Yeah, I know. No, it's very tough. It is. It is a tough, it's a tough one. But, um, but, but how did how did Guilt Trip come about in the first place? Um, so yourself and Darren Cave started it up? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I think I've said this story probably a few times, but I literally, before I joined or moved over to Belfast, I'd never drank coffee like, at all. And uh, yeah, and at the time we were um, we were training at Newforge with Ulster, um, and obviously every break or lunchtime we used to just go down the Lisbon Road and you know grab a grab a coffee, and that was the thing, you know, hang out between sessions, grab a coffee. So I was like, I'm probably going to have to just do this just to kind of fit in and pass the time um, I got into it a bit and obviously the speciality coffee scene in Belfast is huge um, and I, probably one of my first drinks was like a speciality or you know top quality coffee which kind of opened my opened me up to you know seeing what coffee could really do and what it could really taste like and I was like wow this is this is different um, and actually kind of coincided with my first first having our first child so it was kind of it was kind of needed as well the caffeine at the time so I was like ah, well I may as well get into coffee because this could, could help them help on two fronts um so yeah that's how it all came about and uh yeah so starting the coffee and then as a lot of people do start making coffee at home um home barista kind of looking online you know watching youtube clips how they brew at home basically gradually just took over the kitchen um, and then everyone was like, well, well, why don't you open a coffee shop? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll have a look at it. And then kept looking at it. I was like, wow, there's probably a bit more to it than, you know, just stick a machine in the shop and open the doors. Um, got a lot of advice from friends that I've made from different coffee shops. And and always was, you know, because obviously playing for Ulster was m my main job and that was what I was fully focused on. So it's hard to have a bit of spare time to focus on the business but I'm, I'm glad I took the took the plunge and it was it was Darren that was like well why don't you just do it and I was I kind of just said back to me like all right and if I'm going to do it you're you're in like <laughs> if you're pushing me to do it you, you're coming in with me um put your money where your mouth is <laughs> yeah pretty much it was like some people put money and that's how we go and uh it kind of went went from there well like Wouldn't Ryan would be a lot oh sorry go on Go ahead. I'm just saying, like, you would be a lot more into, I love coffee, but yeah. I will drink, like, dirt coffee if it gets the caffeine in. Yeah. Ryan is a wee bit more specialised than I am. He's all into his grinders and the fancy things. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't really be, like, completely my scene, although I do appreciate it, but, like, mm -hmm. I'm just, like, get it in here wherever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really missing a proper coffee at the minute, actually, because I haven't actually got a proper takeaway one from anywhere. But... Right even despite all of that like there are certain cafes and things that would that you would hear the names of and that are like gathering a bit of traction in northern ireland and guilt trip yeah. is up there yeah like it's one that i had been following you've been following you on instagram for ages and mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not as if ryan has just said hey this guy's from guilt trip go and look it up like <laughs> yeah. you guys have a name and it's like a whatever Ryan said I was like that's the coffee place that's the place does the donuts I have seen this 
and it seems to be going really well from what I can see. So, like, how are you finding the the kind of business, like, coming from something that you haven't really expected? Yeah. And then also with you living away as well, like, how 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 are you feeling about it? Like, it's quite exciting, you know, to to look at it. It seems like yeah, yeah. When obviously we first opened, we opened around May time, so it was coming to the end of our our season and coming into our off season. And myself and Darren were pretty much involved, you know, actually pulling shifts at the start and all all that went into prepping and you know the fit out and sourcing builders and all that kind of stuff. We were heavily involved with at the start and even the first two three months, like I say, pulling shifts. So. It was it was tough work, but it was also great to you know actually be in there and in the thick of it, watching, seeing the reception that it got from people. Like the first four months was just crazy, people queuing down the streets, and um, yeah, it was just great that something that you put so much work into, just seeing people love it and want more, and it, it was great. And like I say, um, it's kind of just naturally grown at a pace due to obviously the team we've got and the staff there the class and they're, they're what makes it just buy into loving what we're about and kind of what you say we I could have easily just opened a coffee shop but we got a good branding team on board um, Ben Connolly he owns his um, Angel and Anchor uh, branding and kind of social media team that helps us and helped us create not just a coffee shop kind of a brand like you say we wanted it to be focused on something just two things coffee make it the best we can and let's do donuts the best we can and that's us and then we'll build around it you know guilt trip um merchandise you know it's you're coming here for an experience and hope and hopefully just people bought in and like you say it's uh, it's been it's been tough uh, the last just over a year since we've been back obviously not being there um you know, day to day, but like I say, it, it runs itself day to day. It's just if it's issues or you know, you the stuff you're trying to implement, or say we've got new exciting things we're um, trying to implement. It's yeah, it's a bit tougher from here, but like I say, um, I do a lot of the background, you know, admin, well, paying the bills. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm still involved, and yeah, it's it's been tough. But like I say, once this all clears up, I'm hoping to make a few more trips back, and um, yeah. Um, where did the name come from and the whole the whole brand you were talking about angel and anchor but where did the whole lean in right on sort of thing come from so they're all um like i say we have ben angel and anchor um ben hamilton as well who came on as um a head barista and evolved into a manager he's been on from the start um those two, myself and Darren, kind of sat down and obviously uh, Ben uh, Connolly brainstormed kind of some ideas of the way we wanted it to go as a as a brand and different different routes. We all kind of agreed on the the guilt trip way for for what we wanted to create, and like you say, it's kind of a, obviously guilt trip play on the the donuts. You come in. Because especially with where with where the shop is uh, on Orangefield, it's probably not your typical, you know, city centre coffee shop. It's there is obviously a good population of houses around there, but it's not your, your general 
uh, you know, walk past coffee shop. Although obviously the the part behind and the uh, what's the path called the it's the the causeway the the path that goes behind the shop. Sorry, I've got a name, but um, that's brought a lot more customers by. But um, obviously, it helps being a destination. It's you come here, you stop off. It's part of the journey, and it's all about a play on you know come here for for a guilt trip um like saying and that's kind of how it evolved and obviously because it's kind of you um kind of tattoos and the fit out with a lot of wood and metal and the, the biker theme it's kind of it's probably not everyone's cup of tea it's a, a bit industrial edgy but um it, it's worked really well and well received so um, we love it so brilliant that's the main thing. Um, so, are are you a biker yourself? You don't you don't ride bikes, or you're not into that sort of thing yourself? No, well, I had a had a scooter when I was younger, but um, apart from that, now I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a massive biker. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> um, close enough. Um, so how did you just come around to you instead of a most coffee shops will just have a roaster and use that roaster and maybe have one or two speciality on the yeah. side but yeah. you guys change month by month don't you yeah. yeah and why why is that why did you not go with one person yeah so like i say when i i first started getting into coffee obviously like i said i started just learning from home um brewing up looking on youtube uh, brew videos and the first way i got into tasting new coffee from all over well uk europe even around the world was through like subscription services and through the subscription service, obviously they rotate every month. And I just thought, cause I enjoy trying new roasters from either different countries or different origins. I just thought this is class and something that I'm sure a lot of other people would enjoy. You know, you come in and wow, there's something new to try rather than, although if you stick with the one roaster, obviously they bring out new coffee all the time, but, at the time when I first got into coffee, it was more, you know, like you say, you go into a coffee shop or a lot of coffee shops were exactly the same coffee where I wanted to bring kind of a new experience for people and something that I enjoyed at home. And that was it. So each month we could bring out something new and exciting. And, it, and I think it has caught on a lot of people want to come and see what, what the new coffee we've got on and try it. And like you say, it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea because people might stick to it. They've got their own taste of how they like coffee to taste, but it's exciting for people that want to really delve into what coffee can offer like. Well, it's kind of like another weak clinker, I suppose, too, as to how to get people to come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite, that's quite a good, yeah, yeah, it's a good marketing idea. <laughs> hey, we change all the time. <laughs> Go yeah. and try. Well, that's kind of what we did, obviously, with um, the donuts as well, but that, that kind of just evolved. We, obviously, everything's fresh, uh, made that day on site and with the flavors as well they're always change I mean we have got our staple ones that probably stay 99% of the time but we've introduced seasonal donuts and you know just yeah like you say keeping it fresh and exciting because if we have our regular customers that I won't say come every day but <laughs> um, they're, they're obviously going to want to try new and exciting flavors in the donut side as well so uh, that works both ways on the coffee and donut front. Yeah, that was that was probably back whenever I was in uni in Belfast. We used to 
take our lunch breaks and instead of actually having and going to get lunch, we decided to take the trip over to Orangefield to Guilt Trip just to try what the new coffee was. Uh, and well, that's, so that, that's what kept us going and finding here. Yeah, awesome. I take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the degree on my wall here is, is sort of partly should be signed by Guilt Trip. But going back to the to the rugby side of things, obviously that whenever you were here um, mm. living, that was your main that was your yeah. main living. Uh, yeah. You would have been there for the Heineken Cup final year, the 2012 season. Yeah. Well, what was that like to be in the, the season yeah. or the almost season? Yeah. Um, so that, that season was actually, I think, my first season. Um, I, when Brian McLaughlin was the coach, um, I actually I was, I was injured at the start of the season with my neck. Um, so I didn't play in a, in a lot of that build-up. Um, I came in for a couple of the closing games uh, in the in the groups of Europe, and just obviously the buzz of the place, and it was mad. And you always always look back at the time at Ulster and that year, and, and a couple of the other years, the the squad we had was just immense. Um, and yeah, like we we had we had games where we felt like we couldn't be beaten, and. Uh, if you if you look back at those years and obviously the final, like I say, I wasn't involved in the semi or the final. Um, but on their day, obviously at that time, Leinster were you say near unbeatable, and I I can't speak for the guys that were playing, but if you obviously it was uh, pretty convincing on the other side, but which is unfortunate because, like you say, there's been a few near seasons where I think the squad that we had over the years, not just talking about that year, we we deserve some silverware and obviously came up short a couple of times. But. Yeah, there were some great players there. The whole way the whole way through your Ulster career, there were some great players you played with from yeah. Ruben Pinar and, you know, Vian Herbs and there's so many, so many players. How yeah. how did that feel to be the sort of the, the way I always sort of talked to, talked about it was the arsenal of, of rugby. They were always the, the almost club. Yeah, you would get to semi-finals, you would get the finals, but you could never just just get over the line. Did that eventually get get people down, or? Um, I'm not sure because, like I say, when I joined, it was the year that they obviously got to the final. Um, well, obviously, without speaking to the people before, but it always it seemed that obviously Ulster were building, you know, that squad, and obviously hadn't been as successful. In the years past, so I don't. It was still a lot of excitement because this is always not new territory, but we were year in year performing more consistently. And even though we did fall short, it, it was kind of a place where we thought we were on the right path to, you know, be our minimum standard was you know get into the knockouts every year, uh, get into obviously the the playoffs only came in probably in the last couple of seasons, but. That, that was a minimum standard. And for me, like you say, the calibre of players, I came into a new squad, a new environment with these like world-class players that just being around and learning off just their standards was just, it was another level, uh, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot of them players. So you talk, obviously, Ruan Pinar, you've got um, Johan Muller at that time, you know, Rory Best, obviously. What a leader that guy is! Um, yeah, it was it was nuts. And yeah, the players and 
players she had over those seasons was incredible. Yeah. And eventually, um, because of your your descendancy with Ireland, you, you were called up to the Emerging Ireland. Yeah. Um, scene, how, how was that to, to put on a green jersey, even though yeah. you're an, an English-American? No, well, yeah, I know I, I get a lot of sticks from all angles, but um, <laughs> I've always, because of obviously my dad's background, his, his dad being um, from Belfast, I've always actually done the Irish route from under 18s, I did use uh, 19s, 21s World Cup with Ireland. So for me, it was kind of a natural thing, although obviously people keep me stick in English, but well, actually, I was born in America, so I don't even know why I am, to be honest. So, uh, but yeah, no, it, it was great. Like, um, I think I was open and honest when I first joined Ulster. It was something to, you know, obviously test myself in a new environment because I've been at Worcester for six years, but. Um, it was also obviously a route to potentially um, get into the Irish setup. That was always kind of long-term goal for me. Um, kind of obviously fell up short and didn't get capped. Um, but yeah, um, that time that I got into the Emerging Island was great. Um, I thought <clears throat> I thought I'd been performing well, but obviously Ulster a year or so before that. And yeah, it was it was a nice get a bit of recognition. And uh, yeah, I only played the first couple of games after. I had to leave because um, I was getting married, so uh, I had to cut. I had to cut the tournament short, um, which I, th- I don't think Joe's too happy about. But, uh, mm. Women, wrong, <laughs> wrong priorities there. Yeah, I know. I think he wanted me to turn down the wedding and stay on for the tournament. That's how the conversation went. <laughs> uh, that's the truth, man. So I was going to ask you actually. You said about injuries. What have you? Um, what have you suffered over the years? Like, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a contact sport, so you're bound to have yeah. hurt quite a few times, but give us a lowdown on what's uh, been happening. Yeah, so actually, I've, injury-wise, I've been pretty good. Um, like I say, when I joined Ulster, I got that prolapsed disc in the neck, um, which is, yeah, obviously pretty pretty serious. That, that kept me out for uh, all the way till Christmas, I think, three or four months, kind of just rehabbed it. And it just sorted itself out. Um, but that was the main serious injury I had. And then, if you touch wood, I've been pretty good up and up until actually now. I had no other injuries uh, when I was at Ulster, and until now, just before lockdown, I actually um, fractured, fractured my foot um, playing against Saracens. Um, I literally kind of just rolled my foot, and big Will Skelton jumped on my back, and the amount he weighs, it kind of gave me a slight fracture in the middle of my foot. So I've been out for, I've missed the last couple of games for Worcester, but that, that had been my my, my, uh, my first injury uh, for, for years, to be honest. Like I played, played pretty much every game last year, and then, um, yeah, this injury's uh, stopped me for a bit, which gave me a bit of a rest, being an old man. Helped help me a bit. You've been pretty lucky with injuries then, but yeah, obviously no, Will Skelton yeah. is not the man you want jumping on you. Yeah, I know. I, just, I, felt, I felt my foot kind of like rock, like roll my foot rather than my ankle and as I did it I turned around I just saw him like r- jumping for me I'm like oh jeez and yeah I tried to play on for 10 or 15 minutes but it was scrumming on one leg was quite tough oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild I couldn't yeah. imagine yeah so it's a, it's a crazy sport but... so not yeah, too many so... over the years which is good yeah no I mean you, you see other people that rotten luck with injuries um but yeah I'm 
I'd say I'm very fortunate that I've been very lucky. One of the guys, and I know it's not the same, but I remember in school um, that there was one fella who kept getting knocked out and had to wear like a compression cap. Yeah. I had to wear one of them. Oh, were you one of those I guys was, too? I, had... I, I was knocked out twice in six weeks or something. So whatever yeah. the protocol was back then, you had to wear the scrum cap. Yeah, yeah. Hated them things. They're ridiculous looking. <laughs> I see, I've, I've been quite good with concussion, obviously. <clears throat> That's a huge thing and big topic well, it has been the last season or so. So, yeah, head knock's a bit of a worrying thing if you've got that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, I didn't like mine, to be honest. Wasn't a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Don't recommend? No, definitely not. Definitely not. I remember the, the coach, I think it was the coach, we were going through a drill. I don't know why, but the coach, he lifted a winger and he just sort of threw the winger around. Yeah. And the winger's foot hit me smack in the head. And that was, that was me knocked out. How's you, how's you done? That was my concussion story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so you left, you left Ulster, you left Ulster at a time where a lot of, you left at the same time as a lot of big players like um, Andrew Trimble and Tommy Bowe. They all left at the yeah. same time as you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that was the year that, yeah, yeah I'd say quite a lot of us, all of us older lads uh, left at the same time. <laughs> That was a bit of a change in the guard. Yeah. Um, but that that was sort of at a time that Ulster seemed to have a bit of a, a rough a rough year or two. Um I'm sure the morale in the in the camp was a bit weird for that for that mm. year or two. That was in around the time where the there was a few issues with some players. Um I think like you say, it was it was a, probably without obviously speaking from it was probably a transition time, like you say, it was a lot of us older lads that were moving on and there's always been a lot of <coughs> young talent coming through the Ulster system so I think it was always going to be a transition period but um, it's one of those things that I'm sure all clubs go through in professional sport and if you see how, well obviously I've been watching them from afar but they've come through it pretty well and um, like I say they're doing, doing well for it now but yeah I think it was always going to be tough when you've got that many senior players with that much experience there's always going to be a stage when they're going to leave and it's just one of those things when a lot of them left at one time but um, yeah I think it was very, they were very fortunate that the likes of Rory Vest was still there you know obviously he's World Cup from playing for Ireland but they still have a few old, old heads and uh, someone to look up to is very important in a squad and I do I do understand where the squad's well I moved to Worcester and I'm the oldest by quite a bit. Um, I do I do understand that having youth in your squad is, is great and it's the way it's going. Um, but I do I do back having a few older players for the experience. I think it's needed in all squads. And it, sh- it shouldn't be lost. <laughs> Absolutely. No, stay there. Stay there for another year or two, as long as you can. Um, but you went you went back to your, to your original club, to Worcester. Was that always the plan or...? Um, You'd like to try somewhere else, different country, maybe a different league, or was so the plan? Like, I obviously uh, haven't, well, haven't moved around too much. Obviously, Worcester six years opportunity came up for Ulster there for seven years. Uh, we we loved it, and like I say, at that time where I had a decision of what do I do, um, even contemplated staying on in Belfast, like even not talking about rugby. So I mean. I'm not someone just to move around for the sake of it. And we came to the decision, obviously, 
my wife and two kids who had the decisions made that we're going to move back and moving back to England is the right decision for us as a family, for my rugby career. And yeah, long term, like obviously family is a big part. Um, that, played, that played a role in my decision. And I was very fortunate that Worcester was someone that were coming in for me and it was great that I had the opportunity. But yeah, I had no set plan other than like say, I'm here at Ulster for four years and then I plan to go back home. I never, I didn't have a plan. I just, I love my time at Ulster and to be honest, the seven years flew by and it just, yeah, it's just the way it happened. And what's the plans for the future? You have like the American connection. Any chance of you clearing away off there? Uh, <laughs> probably not. I mean, the, the American leads probably is a bit off and on. You hear, you hear a lot of stuff about starting up one year and then it dies off. And um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, there's a few lads out there that I know. And obviously, Roger Wilson's living out there. I still chat to him a fair bit. Um, but I'm not quite sure, like I say, if it's set up that well. I've, I've, a few people have spoke to me off and on about playing out there. But like I say, I'm, I'm 34 now. And I don't know, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how many more years that I've got playing uh, rugby, but I'm trying to enjoy as however many years I've got left. And I think once my time's gone, I'll obviously move into a different career path. I'm not sure how, how much longer rugby will last for me, but I'm enjoying it. So. If, you, if you had the choice, not rugby, what would be your kind of thing? Like what, obviously you've got the coffee as well, but um, is there something that you really want to try or is there something you do in your spare time that you really uh, find a love for? Yeah, well, my spare time is, yeah. If I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not training, if, uh, yeah, if I'm not doing admin with the coffee shop, if I'm not brewing a coffee, um, playing with the kids, walking the dog, reading a book, this, I haven't got a lot of <laughs> other time left, so, um, um, yeah, it's pretty full on. But uh, post rugby career, I've I haven't really thought too much about it. Like I say, I, I went to uni to I did a sports coach and conditioning uh, degree. I only did the first year, but it was always, to be honest, just something to try and get a path into professional rugby. Because I never had a clue of what I wanted to do as as a career, and I'll be honest, I still don't. Um, I've tried lots of done lots of courses, which I've been very fortunate. While being a rugby player, you get to do courses alongside your rugby um, through the the networks that you get. Um, but to be honest, start starting guilt from starting a business is the best the best thing outside of rugby, as in business sense, I've done. And <clears throat> I've said to a few people that have asked me for advice on starting businesses. Well, obviously, <clears throat> Rob Heron started Five Percent and uh, Coffee Shop, which is in Gilna There's a few of the lads that have always asked me about starting businesses, and I've always just said like do it as soon as you can and if there's not too much of a risk and you're passionate about it do it because honestly the amount I've learned in the last three years from guilt trips crazy like crazy life skills that I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm sure I couldn't learn in a quarter of a book but um, yeah it's nuts so um, yeah obviously I'm putting everything into guilt trip and I'm pretty much all in on that and hopefully like I say if we if we can grow that I'm confident in the brand that to be honest, sky is the limit. It could be in that, and if if that's something I can do long term, um, post rugby, then definitely could be. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We wish the franchise could be the first on the cards. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I get that most days. Like, so we're, we're opening the Worcester Guild trip. I'm like, well, it's 
it's not, I've kind of just like opened the shop and donuts are here. They're like, yeah, but yeah, I, I get constantly asked about <coughs> guilt trip Worcester, but um, yeah, it's like a bit more fun and so they just want yeah. your, the donuts delivered to the door. Like, you do this in Northern Ireland, why can't you do it at home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tease them a few times because, like I say, I've done the odd uh, day trip back to Belfast because we get our Wednesdays off usually in the season. So I've been flying, like, 6 a.m. Wednesday flight, flying back Wednesday night in and out of Belfast. So I've always brought a box back of donuts and to give to the lads and give them a little sugar, sugar hit. And, and they loved it. So, uh, so I've gotten hooked already on a couple of boxes. So. I'm sure that wasn't that hard to do, do you? Yeah, I know. Especially the front rows as well. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. So last rugby-related question is if you had to make your best 15 out of players you've played with, you're the captain, number <laughs> one on the name sheet. All right. Who's in your team? Uh, be the first time being captain and... Uh, <laughs> Like to myself on the team as well, but uh, yeah, um, if you went for hooker, it'd, it'd probably be Rory Best. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, speaks for itself. Uh, what a leader that guy is. <clears throat> Class player. Um, tight head would be Jonathan. Um, all black legend and still yeah, going. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Still going somehow. I, I, I give him a bit of answer every now and then. How, how me and him are still playing against each other, but um, in the second rows it would be it'd be my good mate uh, Dan Tui. Um, and any anyone would want him in your team. He's an absolute enforcer. Um, yeah. Then along with him would probably be Johan Muller. Just at the time when I was at Ulster, obviously a captain at the time, and the way that guy runs a line out, especially, is is uh, pretty special. Um, yeah. In the back row, Jesus, lots of options, but. At six, I'd probably put Roger Wilson. Just <laughs> the amount of, amount of professional games that guy put his body through is togging out, out week in, week out. Um, you're putting some hell of a shift through an eye play with him. Like I say, I'd already done flipping over 100, 200 games for Northampton before that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Number seven would be Sammy Lewis. I'm um, playing with him at, uh, at Worcester now. He's... He's a different level. Like how that guy played for Wales is uh, ridiculous. Um, number eight. This is a tough one. Obviously, big big Nick Williams is a uh, bit of a hero and unreal. Um, BB to him or um, uh, Cornell Dupree, who I'm playing with at Worcester again, who's a beast as well. Them two are either of those in your side would be pretty special. Um, right, back line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, easy bit. Yeah, flipping the backs. Uh, nine would put uh, Ru- Ruan Pinar at nine. Yeah. Um, also legend. Uh, uh, ten, ten, ten would be Paddy Jackson. Class, class footballer. Yeah. Uh, in the centres, uh, inside centre would be, it would be a tough one. It would be between Stu Olden and Paddy Wallace. But they're very similar class footballers, like crazy people. Um, 13, uh, not just because he's my business partner, but uh, Darren Cave, he's... He had to be in there. He had to be. Yeah. Uh, it might be a bit biased, but um, he's, he's a, he was a class player and um, yeah. could read, read the game well. Um, on the wings, obviously, you've got the legends. Uh, trim, trim, I'm trying to name people so I don't feel like I'm leaving people out because <laughs> <laughs> it's be unreal. But, uh, 
obviously Trim, Trimby, you got Gilly, you got Tommy, unreal wingers. But to be honest, there's two that stand out a bit. The obviously Charles Piertau, who is yeah, yeah, just different level. Yeah, insane. Different uh, gravy. Strong, silly feet. Um, and then a guy that I played with last year over here at Worcester, uh, Bryce Heem. He's a Kiwi and he's, he's hard to stop when he gets going. He's got he's, wheels on him. Yeah, he's, he's class. Um, and then at fullback would be uh, J- JP uh, Jared Payne. Um, again, unreal. Probably one of the, <coughs> the smartest, most intelligent uh, rugby players I've ever played with. And no wonder he's doing a great job coaching Elston now. So. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That would be my 15. Um, yeah, that's so. pretty. That's a pretty pretty good fifteen. I wouldn't want to be hit by any of them, especially no. Nick Nick Williams. Just I've stood beside him a few times and spoke to him. He just yeah. scares me a little bit. Yeah, you well, you see him play, you think that, but he is the not one of the nicest guys uh, you'd ever meet, and a great family man. And like, yeah, he's a hell of a bloke. Like, yeah, you think might, he might be scared on the pitch, but he's he's a lovely guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Any any man that can just put a put a rugby ball in his hand, uh, look, it looks like a tennis ball. Yeah, no. When he plays, he wave it around like you say. Yeah. How he keeps hold of it. Scary man, scary man. My big question is, what's your favourite donut flavour? <laughs> what's my favourite donut? Guilt uh, trip uh, one, obviously. No, yeah, don't you be trip. cheating. <laughs> um. Obviously, they're all great. I'm going to say that. <laughs> um. But to be honest, I when you get obviously a fresh. I come talking to me open at 10 o'clock, you get a fresh one, so it's still a bit warm. Um, I'm quite easily with just a plain glazed ring. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. And actually, recently, when we introduced the vegan donuts, you know, I'm, I'm not vegan, um, the espresso glaze um, that we do with the crumb is pretty, pretty incredible as well. Um, so even the espresso glaze or just a normal glaze is... Um, pretty good. I just uh, find I that see the way the way I eat, yeah, the way I eat. If I get a filling one, I just I make a complete mess and I feel like people are looking at me. So I try and just fix the ones without filling. Although I have tried, obviously, most of them. But, well, all of them. Yeah, I must. I must try the vegan one. I always, I always see the word vegan and just like. Yeah, well, that, that would have been me as well. But um, obviously, when we introduced them, because we we didn't do them for a long time. They're like, you've got to try this one. I was like, right, okay. And the espresso one is incredible. It's probably my favourite. I have to say, if if it's me, my personal favourite, it's always a it's always a guilt trip. Boston cream. Boston cream, yeah, a lot hard of people. To beat. Yeah, yeah. So it's to hard beat. though, like because some people lo- love say the poppy seed lemon lemon curd, but then if you don't like lemon, then you're not going to do it, are you? So it's it is a personal preference. So. Um, but yeah, they're all great. We had donuts at our wedding instead of, well, we did end up having a wedding cake, but it was the yeah. choice instead of having um, a wedding cake. And my cousins made them. They were Sardo donuts. And we had a peanut butter and jelly filled. I had We'd chosen all the flavours ourselves. So peanut butter jelly, yeah. lemon curd on the inside. So like lemon meringue with the soft meringue on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did a s'mores one with the marshmallow cream inside. Yeah, yeah. And then just a plain glazed because yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. The small, the small ones are great ones. Well, I haven't had too many of them because we introduced them as a special, and most of the time I'm not there when it happens. But um, yeah, the small is a great one as well. Yeah. 
Well, um, I think that's that's pretty much all the questions. Um, the one thing we've been asking since lockdown, though, is what's your Netflix recommendation for lockdown? What's for Netflix? Um, it probably have to be the last dance. Unbelievable. It's yeah. such a good show. Ryan's yeah. been going on about this nearly at every show. I yeah, still haven't so seen it, good. but... Yeah, it's, it's up there. I mean, I've watched a lot of, you know, different Netflix documentaries, but that is the latest one. It's, yeah, it's pretty special. I think yeah. he did because I'm not an NBA or fan, but yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a top-notch, top-notch series, top-notch documentary. Yeah. Um, I would fully agree with that one. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap up now. Whenever I say bye, you don't leave straight away. Just with a couple of things after. Oh yeah. We're just going to wrap it up. Uh, so that's us. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Callum, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, glad to glad to have heard all about your your Ulster escapades and all the all the good coffee stuff too. Yeah. Uh, so thanks very much, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.